Welcome back to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. On this week's episode, we have a special guest, Sarah Duff. And for any of you guys that have been following along with my stories or even my page, um, you might have seen that me, Sarah, and Kim were all in California in San Diego with two of our friends, Marcy and Susan, all the coaches uh, reunited together. And so on this week's episode, we talk all about being flexible with your diet and how long it's taken us to get to the point that we're at. So all three of us practice in a way that allows us to eat about 80 to 85 percent you know majority foods and 15 to 20 percent minority foods those being foods like ice cream brownies cookies cake donuts all that stuff Um, and we want to help you guys get to that place where you can confidently do that whether that means that you track calories or not we want to show you that it is possible and how we have developed our relationships with food over the past years So stay tuned for this week's episode and let us know what you think. You can head over to iTunes and leave me a review. If you do love the podcast, I would love to hear from you guys. And if not, head over to my website, www.balancewithsam.com. Leave me feedback or get in touch. I love hearing from you. All right, let's tune into the episode now. Hello. How are you guys doing? Sam is here with us. Hello. Okay, our next person is going to sound a little different than usual. Say hello. Hello. Hello, my beautiful people. (laughs) As you might notice, that is not Nicole. (laughs) Nicole Nicole is not British. Nicole could not be with us today, but instead we have our friend Sarah Duff all the way from London. Hello, Sarah. Hello, my ladies. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here and to speak to all of your awesome audience. So glad you could be with us. So here on the Decades of Strength, we have two people from the 40s this year, this year, today. Uh, rocking in the 40s. <laughs> yeah, we're old and proud. It's okay, you're both beautiful and don't look a day over 20. <laughs> Actually, Sarah just celebrated her birthday this weekend. Solidly in the 40s now. 41. 41 and three days. And three days. <laughs> yeah. Three, three good days. Those three, three good days have really aged you. They really have. <laughs> <laughs> we can they see really... <laughs> <laughs> So today we are going to be talking about flexible versus rigid dieting. We're going to be talking about what the difference is, what the benefits are of flexible dieting, how do you do it, and all that stuff. So, Sarah, you put up a post about this like a week or so ago about the benefits of being flexible with your diet. Mm-hmm. We just had a lovely weekend. Well, you guys are still having a lovely weekend yeah. of being a little more flexible than usual with our eating. Yeah. So, talk to us about that. Does that ever scare you? Did it used to scare you to be flexible with your diet? Yeah. So, for me, I went through a stage a few years ago. Um, post-competing just to give it some context where I had gone into um I had been really restrictively dieting for you know months and months and months um and it got to the point where I kind of realized that it was really playing with my mind um and was giving me horrendous anxiety around food itself um and also social situations so I would socially isolate myself because 
I couldn't deal with going to places where food was going to be involved that I hadn't had kind of any control over mm-hmm. um, preparing. Um, and I also had horrendous fear around the usual stuff, such as carbs, um, all that kind of thing, just because I had been in such a restrictive thing of just eating like basically chicken and broccoli. Mm-hmm. So I had got into the mindset that if I ate anything else that was other than that, that I was immediately going to gain fat. And it was, to me, it was a terrifying experience. Um, uh, but I think the social isolation bit of it was probably the biggest part that I don't think people realise or will talk about openly. Yeah. They make excuses for not going to, um, like, a friend's birthday dinner or, you know, I'm busy that evening or something like that um, because they just can't face you, you know, going and possibly having food in front of them that they normally eat and having to say no. Yeah, so it's easier to just say no and make up an excuse than go and have to somehow find a way to manage social eating. Yeah, so exactly. before we talk about how you kind of got past all of that, Sam, let's hear from you. Is this something you struggled with in the past? Yeah, definitely. I think I went through a very similar phase. I never competed for anything, um, but uh-huh. I think I put myself through a pretty restrictive diet just on my own mm-hmm. uh, to reach my own, like, you know, fat loss goals. And with that, I had a very... Um, a very skewed mindset of what was good, what was bad, seeing foods as good and bad, and not really, yeah, just like labeling and demonizing certain foods, certain types of foods, um, and approaching social situations with pretty severe anxiety that I didn't understand until now that I had. Um, so I would, you know, I would make up excuses for not, like why I didn't want to go out or I would go out and find myself eating so much of the food that I restricted myself of during Monday through Friday because I was in this phase of, oh my God, I can't have that. Like, it's not good, it's not clean. It's gonna make me gain fat. It's gonna ruin all my progress. And so rather than like, I saw myself as an all or nothing type of person at that time. And Mm -hmm. I think, rather than putting myself in a position where I could fail, I just said, well, screw that. I don't, I know myself, like I'm going to mess up. So I don't even want to go into the situation. And then, you know, that makes you feel bad about yourself when you're sitting at home alone, denying yourself of pleasure in other ways, like in social settings or strengthening friendships or just having fun. Yeah. Yeah. I was absolutely the same way. I too didn't ever compete, but I did get to a point in my kind of like dieting journey where I was very successful at losing weight. And in my mind, what was keeping me at continuing to get leaner and leaner were all of these rules that I had given myself. And if I let up on those rules, I was not going to be able to continue to progress. And a lot of those rules involved me, you know, like taking Tupperware of food places. I remember distinctly being, we went to a, we went to a pumpkin patch one day and it was, should have been a really fun, and it was a fun family day. Um, but they had like apple cider donuts and all kinds of yummy stuff. And I, at one point, excused myself. It's a really cool farm and there's like bounce houses. There was just lots to do. And I, at one point, excused myself, went back to the van and ate the food that I had brought in my Tupperware. I ate cold chicken and cold sweet potato. 
because that's what it was going to take for me to keep getting leaner. And it seemed completely normal to me at the time. Is the other that's the other strange part. Like yes. it felt completely logical to me that that's what I should do. Right. So, yeah, and you and, feel like you have to hide. You know, like yeah. when you have to hide what you're doing from your friends or family, then I think that's when you kind of know, oh wow, yeah, something's going it. on. <clears throat> yeah, like yeah. why am I, why am I trying to conceal what I'm doing? You know, yeah. if you already, then then there's already like a sense of guilt or uncomfortable. This isn't, yeah, this isn't, yeah, this isn't quote unquote normal yeah. or right. Yeah, then that's maybe a cue to like step back and reassess for sure. So for people, so I guess there's two categories of people we can kind of be addressing here. One is people who are kind of just starting out trying to lose weight and they haven't gotten to this place yet. How do they avoid it? And two, for those people who are in that situation we were in, how do they move past it? So let's kind of talk about, let's start, we'll start with you, Sarah, and talk about some of the things that got you past those issues. And it's not an easy fix. And it, I think it's things that we, I still have peaks of it in my own life today. Like it doesn't, necessarily go totally away at once. Sarah, how are some ways that you got past that rigid mindset? So I had to very slowly start reintroducing different foods. So I actually did the kind of reverse. I kind of stopped meal prepping um, mm -hmm. for certain days of the week right back in the beginning so that I had to walk into a grocery store or a supermarket or somewhere and actually just go and buy food off the shelf like pre-made food and I would make sure once a week twice a week it would be something that I had been avoiding like the plague so for example a sandwich which sounds ridiculous because like but like you know bread carbs all that kind of thing mm -hmm. but the fear of god so I would at least twice a week make sure that I was eating something like that and the more that I did it the more that I realized that hey I've just eaten a sandwich here and Whoa, look at me, nothing crazy has happened here. You know, I mean, um, and kind of over time and also really starting to view food differently. So removing all of the <clears throat> food labels, like every single one of them I stopped. So I used to use cheat meals in inverted mm -hmm. commas. That uh, so I removed all of the labels and started viewing foods, uh, foods that you eat more of foods that you eat less of or majority foods minority foods so that I kind of started thinking well it's all about having a fully inclusive diet and no one food has the ability to make or break anything it just it just doesn't make any sense when you start looking at it from a more logical um standpoint and also getting kind of an outside perspective on it so I would make lists the kind of things of my weird, my weird screwed up view of how I was going to happen. I would make this up and then next to it, offset it with the, the kind of truth or a kind of opposite to it. Okay. And then I was getting the outside of kind of what was, what was going on in my head and then what the actual truth was. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Like yeah. getting it out of your head in somewhere very concrete. Yeah, you've, you've got to. And then kind of just doing the thing of 
So slowly when I was being invited out for food, so, you know, like my mum's birthday or something like that, rather than, you know, making an excuse or going and just like, you know, ordering uh, the most awkward meal in the world because you wanted everything, you wanted everything on the side and like blah, 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 blah. It would, I would just go out and be like, right, tonight I'm just going to go out and in, enjoy it. And that was at least like once a month to do that. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a progression all the time, really. Got it. Me. But it was hard. Hard. Yeah, like the, the anxiety around it remained for quite some time, so it took a lot of work. Yeah, for sure. Sam, how about you? Um, I think one of the biggest things for me was like talking about it with people, which I'm still doing. I was just having a conversation with Sarah this morning about it, um, and really getting out of your own head and out of your own way because, um, even moderating things that you were scared of at one point, if it's still coming from a place of restriction, mm-hmm. you know, and not giving yourself permission to eat it, um, that's still, there's still something going on there, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm still working on it actively. I wouldn't say I'm like there yet or over mm-hmm. the hump, and I'm not sure that, to be fair, I'm not really sure that anyone ever is once mm-hmm. you've had a diet mindset in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now it's more for me, yes, reintroducing all of the foods that I was scared of, um, or fearful of eating all of, or have had, you know, binge eating episodes with, and then telling myself that I have permission to eat them and really just Mm -hmm. believing it. Like, it's not a bad thing. Like food is not bad eating, you know, like Sarah was saying, a sandwich is not going to make you fat, you know, just just in the way that eating a slice of pizza is not going to make you fat. Eating ice cream is not going to make you fat. Um, in the same way that salad, eating one salad is not going to make you healthy. It's like remembering truthfully that what you do most of the time matters way more than what you do, you know, randomly or some of yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, and, Absolutely. And for some, you know, as a, I think as a coach, it's for me anyways, sometimes it's, it's easy to, feel like you need to have it all figured out. Like, oh man, like I'm so good at practicing balance. And I wish I could say I was so, so good at it, but there's definitely times where I struggle to, mm-hmm. I think now it's, it's a lot of the mindset around food, like knowing now that I, and I do firmly believe like, yes, I can have everything. I don't necessarily want everything though, mm-hmm. you know, and like getting out of that, like I'm choosing not to have this cause I just don't really want it, you know, or I don't want, I don't want the how I feel after the fact, like yeah. physically, you know, yeah. like, yes. oh man, eating five donuts. It doesn't make you feel Yeah, good. it's like, <laughs> I'm not going to feel like a good, I'm not going to feel good, you know? And I think, yeah, you know, we absolutely. got this weekend and it, we enjoyed them, right? But like the next morning I didn't feel that great, but I also didn't feel awful because we didn't eat, it's you know, an, an insane now. amount of donuts. Yeah, like right. we probably had one. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. I was okay. Like I felt great about it. It tasted good. It was something I had been craving and I gave into the craving and now I don't want donuts for a while. Like, so yeah, I think permission is a huge, huge, huge thing for me recently. For sure. I actually had several comments from clients and just from random people in my DMs about the food we pictured this weekend. And people were like, wow, like they were so shocked and people were commenting because I've made, uh, I've talked a lot about the fact that I'm in a fat loss phase and they're like kind of insinuating that I've like gone way off track and I'm going wild and crazy. And it was so interesting to me because I still felt very much 
at ease with what I was eating. And I, I guess we, and I, we did show like the dinners and things we were cooking, which were like vegetables and chicken. And like, I'm eating yogurt and berries for breakfast. But somehow the fact like that there was donuts and pancakes made people feel like I was like all into like crap eating for four days. And you um, you lost it. You lost it. I was just shoveling pancakes and donuts in my face. And I think there would have been a time where I would have kind of done that because it was always either I was all in or I was all out. I was either eating vegetables and chicken or I'm eating, you know, all the crap. And for me, it just doesn't, it's not like that anymore. So going on that trip, even in the middle of a fat loss phase, I can completely wrap my brain around the fact that like four days where I relax a little bit and eat some donuts and some pancakes, I'm not going to lose weight, but you know, my weight was up this morning, but it's going to be back down. Like it doesn't stress me in the least bit. Whereas there would have been a time that I would have been devastated by the fact that the scale was up. Like I would have been devastated by that. Um, for me, the things that helped kind of get really past that, um, that really rigid mindset, two things, knowledge and dealing with um, like the emotional and moral aspect of food, like the, the, that I had placed on it, the idea that there was so much good in food. There's so much, there's good foods, there's bad foods, there's clean foods, there's dirty foods. All that language was a really, that was big for me getting past that. But before I could do that was the knowledge piece because I really thought that carbs were gonna make me fat. I really and truly did, you know? And a lot of people think that, like they just are misinformed and it's so easy to be misinformed because there's a lot of crap information out there. And so then we take that bad information and we get ourselves all worked up with fear about it. Um, So that was, I mean, I remember not, I remember being really upset and finally giving up my two tablespoons of brown sugar. I would not, it wasn't even two, it was one tablespoon of brown sugar I would put in my oatmeal because this woman had convinced me that that's why I wasn't losing weight because I put a tablespoon of brown sugar. And so there was that piece, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, and again, it seems I'm like, all right, I guess that's, I guess that's what it takes. And she also told me she had been a former um, bikini competitor and she's like, she had me so scared of fruit. And this is all the time I was becoming certified to be a coach. And so as I was being certified to be a coach, I had a friend who was like, I'll be your like test client. So I had her completely believing she was terrified of fruit. <laughs> so because I said, we can't eat fruit. <laughs> so, so the knowledge piece is huge. Like really learning about what does help you to lose weight and what does inhibit fat loss and those kind of things so that you can then take all of that fear away and then getting rid of the moral value in food, like really wrapping your head around the fact there's no clean food, there's no dirty food. Like you were yeah. saying, Sarah, I liked the words you used there. Well, what, were, what did you say? Most of the time food, what was, what, how did you put it? Foods that you eat most of the time and foods you just eat some of the time. Or yeah. Majority, minority. Majority and minority foods. I really like yeah. that. It's very like, um, there's not like a value system there. There's not like emotion there. It's just like, this is what I eat most of the time. And this is what I eat some of the time. And I yeah, really like exactly. that. Yeah. I really like I think that. It's important. I think it's important for people to remember as well that like food is here to be enjoyed. Mm. Like it's not, I think there's this whole thing that people get into the mindset of that somehow when you're like trying to lose fat, that you have to suck all of the enjoyment out mm-hmm. of like everything and anything you are doing because that's what over the years people have been conditioned into thinking. Um, and I think like 
you know, it's a mindset that people need to kind of get rid of and to know that it is okay to, like you were saying, ha- to, to give yourself permission to actually enjoy what you are eating. Like, it doesn't need to yeah. be a miserable existence. Like, life is for fucking living. It's not for, like, you know, dragging your heels through and living in misery. And yeah. food is a big part of majority of people's lives do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so it's so important that people work on viewing it in a kind of positive as in a positive way not as this like negative thing that you know it's been built up to being scaremongered around by like so many people wringing out the calories like if you think of like a sponge that's like full of tasting like if the sponge is your meal and it's like full of tastiness and then you wring it out like you're trying to get all the water out and all the water is all the good stuff in your food and making it like as bland as possible to yeah. make it as calorie free as possible to yes. make it as sugar free and everything free. You're left with, yeah, something that doesn't even satisfy you. It doesn't taste good. And for me, I did that for so long. And then what happened was I would end up eating an entire another plate of food because it wasn't satisfying in the first place. Yeah. That's why you end up like, thinking, yeah, the body's not satisfied. It's, cra- it's craving the stuff that basically you are cutting out of your yeah. diet. Like and you know, that's, if you just give yourself the permission you, yeah, to eat it in the to, right in the right quantity, yeah. then you're fine. Yeah, and yeah. you don't feel like to eat six portions of something that doesn't even taste good, and then go binge eat dessert full, or full an apple pie something. or yeah, Nutella yeah. because you didn't give yourself what you wanted in the first place. And I've done yeah. that. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 And Sarah, you just hit there on the key part. I'm sure people are listening. You're like, well, this is all well and good, but I want to lose weight. How do I do that? And what you just said there is you, you have the things that Sam is talking about there and you have them in the right quantities. So how do people, how do, how do people go about doing that? If people are out there thinking, all right, how do I get to this place? What, what would you guys say? Well, there's two, there's two approaches to it. And I think it, you know, it's very, um, down to an individual preference and to what people can manage easily within their own lives. So there is no denying that counting calories for at least a time is for most people a good idea so that they can educate themselves on what is actually in food because it's it's eye-opening like Mm -hmm. people people make assumptions and presumptions about food and then when they actually start looking into it they're like oh right okay so that that little blob of peanut butter is not 10 calories it's like you know, 150 <laughs> calories or, yeah. or whatever um but so there is the kind of calorie calorie counting but obviously people don't want to do that forever so there mm-hmm. also needs to be a, a for, for me anyway people need to learn to also eat and listen to their bodies um because and I think too many people can get a little bit disconnected from like hunger signals. Um, I've certainly had clients who were counting calories but paying no attention to what their body was telling them. So was just eating the extra 300 calories that they hadn't eaten that day, even though they weren't hungry. And it's yeah. like, well, you don't need to, you don't need to do that. So I think it kind of needs to be looked at from a kind of fuller picture rather than it just being about calories. Um, yeah. And I also have clients who don't count calories. They mm-hmm. they basically just eat, and um, they've learned how to eat to hunger signals. And you know, 
they really focus on making sure that all of their meals are balanced and if they're deciding that they want a dessert um they would just you know offset if they if there's somebody that snacks they just wouldn't have a snack or they would have slightly less starchy carbs with one of their main meals that they could mm -hmm. then could have a I mean, because there's so many different ways that you can do it. Right. And I think that's important for people to realize um, yeah. that there's not one right way, you know, that you don't yeah. need to be afraid you're doing it wrong. And I totally agree. I think calorie counting is super valuable. Um, I do have most of my clients count calories, but that other piece you're talking about is so important for it to one, um, last permanently and not become this yo-yo dieting forever. And also to help you like kind of have this comfort and ease around food so that when you do go on a trip, like we did this weekend, like I didn't feel the need to count calories, you know, because I have more of an ease around food because I realized first from the calorie counting about how many calories was in there. Um, and then knowing, like you're saying this offsetting, you know, so if I have yogurt and berries for breakfast. I have plenty of room for a donut later. Um, so I think that's really important. And for me, the idea of learning to eat until I was satisfied, not stuffed is huge. And it's something I work yeah. on with all of my clients is what does it feel like to feel satisfied? Like, what does it feel like to be approaching satisfaction? So, and learning to be able to be hungry. Um, people really yeah. are afraid of being hungry and actually when you're trying to lose weight you should understand there's going to be a little bit of hunger and not be so afraid of it I think that's why we end up snacking so much because we're like we don't want to be hungry and there's so many calories involved there that you yeah there's you know there's the calories you could put towards one of these satisfying meals that Sam was talking about you know you don't need to suck all the calories out of your meal just don't snack so much there you go you can have a nice big satisfying meal yeah, yeah. Sam. Sam, what are your thoughts? I think, um, yeah, for me, the the whole like, I guess the ideas around making sacrifices and and listening to like hunger cues have been huge oh. in my in the past few years for me. Like, I used to track calories and macros like very religiously, and that's mm -hmm. because I just didn't. I didn't know anything else, right? And so I thought I had to do that. Um, and I never understood when people said like, oh, I eat intuitively. I'm like, you don't. Get out of here. Yeah, like <laughs> I didn't believe them. I really didn't. And I had a really hard time like doing it because when I tried to eat intuitively, I just found myself in a bag of granola or like peanut butter. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this can't be how it is. <laughs> my head is in the cereal bag like I have sugar on my face like it's like what is happening there's like pieces of cereal in my bra like no that's not I had to reel that in for sure once I realized I had a problem but you know it's I think um I think as soon as I realized that that was actually happening and like in all seriousness you know like kind of accepting and shining I guess shining the light on it uh, telling myself like, okay, I'm not going to drag calories, but what I am going to do is make some rules for myself yeah. that don't involve metrics because anything for me that involves a number, whether it be the scale or calories or, you know, whatever it is, like maybe in the gym, like a certain number that you're trying to lift, I have a tendency to get in my own head so mm. bad. And so, so tell us about what were some, what are some of the rules? 
What are so, some of your guidelines? So the rules for me were just no snacks. Like mm. no matter where okay. I am, I don't care if I'm on vacation. I don't care if I'm hanging out with my parents. I don't care if I'm at my house. I don't snack. And mm-hmm. um, that is something I used to do so much. I used to eat like six meals a day because mm-hmm. I thought that was a thing to do. So um, yeah, you got to bump that metab <laughs> up. So I stopped doing that. Started just eating three meals, and you know, if, if I was working out in the mix and I needed a little extra something, I would have something small, but usually just three big meals. So that's for me like a huge, a huge mm. thing. Um, and making the time between those meals as as big as I need to, need it to be, you know, depending on my schedule. Um, so the three three big meals for sure, uh, and then just thinking of my plate as a diagram, like filling half my plate with veggies for sure. Um, a quarter of it with some type of protein or, you know, whatever, and then some type of carb and just kind of like trying my best when I eat out or even if I'm making meals for myself to stick to that because it keeps me satisfied. I get everything I want, you know, and then I'm not hungry an hour later. Like it's actually satisfying. So trying to, those are honestly like just, that's usually what I do. Um, And I just try as much water as possible and like if I'm hungry knowing like okay like I can get food later like it's it's not an emergency waiting you don't need to yeah too many people go oh there's a hunger pang better dive inside the fridge and eat something like straight away chill out you don't need to do that nothing bad is gonna happen here yeah Yeah. if you're listening right now like you're in the same position because you're listening to a podcast which means you have access to the internet which means you have food you know (laughs) you're you're gonna be okay and and also like saying that to yourself because sometimes I have to remind myself like oh I'm hungry but I don't need to eat right away I'm not going to to die you know yeah like starvation mode is not a thing like (laughs) what's gonna happen is you're gonna lose body fat woohoo like that's that's right so looking at the hunger in a positive light and not panicking about it not trying to get rid of it ASAP because it's actually okay yeah, and I used to do that so much. Like, oh my god, I'm so scared. Like, I would prevent hunger from even happening or showing up. So yeah. I would have food on me, like just in case. Just or in case. I would it's have just a safe mindset. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's so common. Like, just in case. And I yeah. think the thing is to push yourself. You know, if you're listening to this, like, just in case of what? Like, what's going to happen? Let's say, like, what is the thing that we're trying to prevent? So let's say you do get hungry and you don't bring snacks in your purse and in your pocket and in your car and in your desk. Like what happens then? Because the reality is nothing. Like the literally nothing. Right. And like, I've actually, that's something that I've started doing is not having protein bars or snacks on me because sometimes like you're in a position where you are going to be hungry and you're going to just deal with it. Like if you, if you got trapped in an, in an elevator and you didn't have food on you, would you die? No. You know, yeah. like you have body fat. So like your body's going to use that fat. Yeah. Like you're okay. And also hunger comes in waves. Like it's not always like this persistent, like, yeah. you know, like this monster. Yeah. It, and it's going to go away. Like you can distract yourself. Like if you go for a walk, hunger usually disappears yeah. for a little bit. Or if you make a phone call to a friend, you forget you're hungry. Um, yeah, it's true. It's really true. And it can be hard for people. So, you know, guys, start small. If this is something you struggle with, you can say, I'm going to do this for five minutes. I'm going to sit with my hunger for five minutes. And if you need to distract yourself, do it and build from there and remind yourself 
one, if you're dieting, that's a sign that you're going to be burning fat. Like hunger is okay. It's actually positive. And two, that nothing bad is going to happen because it, yeah. it feels very much like it's going to. And, you know, give yourself grace. If, if you struggle with this, like give yourself time. Like if you're like, I just don't want to be hungry yet, work on it. it. Practice it and you'll get better over time. Like all of us didn't like overnight, all of a sudden, like have amazing relationships with food. You know, I, I, I personally am still working on it. Sam, mm -hmm. I heard you say the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. These are patterns and thoughts we've had ingrained for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And the sooner you can address them, you know, That's the more right. you can live your life feeling yeah. free and like you're in control, like you have the permission to do what you want. And yeah. I think part of that too, like once you remove the pleasure out of eating and out of food, you, you search for it in other ways. Right. And yeah. so like you're denying yourself of a pleasurable experience. Yeah. Like, like the word pleasure is usually used, like, I feel like sexually, but it doesn't need to be mm -hmm. like, it's, you do get enjoyment out of food and it is a social thing and it brings people yeah. together. And it's, it's often like a huge thing for communities and families and all this stuff. And so still giving yourself the opportunity to experience that, but knowing when too much is too much. Yeah. And like, I think that's something that you fine tune over practice, practice, practice. Like yeah. you get to practice eating every day, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so it's, it's not like you have to feel like you need to be perfect day one, you know, like it's probably day like 5,000 for most, you know, us <laughs> at least, you know, and like we're still working on it and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. And as coaches, we're still not there, you know, like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's important for, for those trying to lose weight to remember that this concept of flexible dieting and you can have donuts. I mean, it doesn't mean there are no boundaries. Sandra, Sam talked about the rules that she uses for herself, or you could calorie count. But to remember, if you want to make progress, it's okay that there, that you still have boundaries there for yourself and you should be hitting those boundaries. If you see that you're not making progress and you're constantly like, you know, there's a picture of you up on Instagram, like flexible dieting and you have pizza and flexible dieting and there's your donut. Like, People who are doing that, that's that's the minority of their diet. You can't flip the other way and just constantly be pizza donutting all the time and expect to see. Yeah. I like that you use that as a verb. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. I totally yeah. just made that a verb. Yeah, yeah. Have you donated lately? Yeah. <laughs> I donated hard this weekend. <laughs> I loved it. And um, but the other thing, the other thing for people to remember as well is that when you're losing weight, this is about improving your health as well. Mm -hmm. So the quality of what you're eating has a big impact into how you feel mentally um, and also physically. So yeah, in theory, flexible dieting, you could, if you wanted, like, you know, eat donuts all the time and, and lose mm -hmm. weight. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. if people can shift the, their mindset from this all being about losing weight and, and fat loss mm -hmm. and also in, you know, embrace the fact that what they're putting inside them is, has the ability to impact their health in such a positive, positive way, um, I think that, can, that shift can also really help when it comes people to making food choices so looking at like how that food is going to nourish your body and nourish your mind um i know for some of my clients that's been a big shift for them and um, because they're like okay well i you know i know that i need to eat vegetables because you know they're low calorie and they'll help me lose fat but also they're going to help me feel healthier and function better and like yeah. you know the rest of it so it's just important to keep 
you know, the whole picture, I guess. Mm -hmm. Super important. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree. Well, I think that's a good place to end this, ladies. I really, this has been a great conversation. I think it's going to help a lot of people. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, and especially Sarah's accent. I mean, if you guys aren't, if you guys aren't really soaking that in, then you I know. find the episode. Lock it up and put it in Play it again. <laughs> Play it in slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's true. Everything Sarah says sounds funnier and smarter because of her British accent. No, it's so annoying. Like, I wish you could rent an accent. I know. <laughs> if I could do, if I could rent it out, I would. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start practicing. I'm going to start practicing. I'm at least going to start just throwing the word fancy around. I, fan I fancy a donut. Fancy a donut. <laughs> Doesn't that sound so good when she says it? Yeah. <laughs> now we've been talking about them so long. She also <laughs> I know. Ma'am. Ma'am. Hey, ma'am. Hey, ma'am. Hey, <laughs> all right, girls. This was super fun. Love I you. Love you. Love you all. Have, have a great time skating. <laughs> we will. Okay, <laughs> bye. Bye. Alrighty, that wraps up another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. Thank you so much to Sarah for being our guest. She's always providing us with quality entertainment and a good laugh. And also just for sharing some of her struggles too. I know that me, her, and Kim have all had a damaged relationship with food in the past. And sometimes it still comes back up to, not to haunt us, but almost just as a reminder that we've come so far, but it doesn't mean that you don't have to actively continue to work on your relationship with food. So if this episode helped you, please let us know. You can head over to my website, www.balancewithsam.com, and just submit an inquiry and let me know your feedback, or head over to the iTunes store and check out the podcast, Balance with Sam podcast, and leave me a review. Or you can head over to my Instagram, at saltylifts, and let me know what you think. Really look forward to hearing you, and if you are listening to this podcast, please screenshot it and tag me on Instagram. I love hearing from you guys. Alrighty, well, I hope you have an awesome rest of your day, and catch you next week.